wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. I'm so used to the fancy cut intro that I was like looking for the little record scratch and then it didn't happen. I was like, oh, yeah, this is right. This is a regular show. Uh, yeah, you can't well, abuse it. You can't abuse it. It loses exactly. all meaning if you abuse it. We had we had ourselves some fun. We're back to the regular goings on. And then uh, when something else comes up, I'll, uh, I'll put something together. Absolutely. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and... It's the first full week without TFC football in quite a while. The offseason for TFC has begun, even if the MLS playoffs are underway. Uh, but we do have stuff to dig into this week. We will talk about the end of the season for TFC, specifically around their end of season press conference. Hasn't quite happened yet. And normally uh, that would have already happened. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll talk about some of the players that have some contract options for 2024 and whether they're going to stay or go. Um, we're going to start a series where we start talking about the over-unders that we did uh, in preseason and see how hilariously wrong we were on a lot of them. We'll just sort of do a little sampling of that. We'll talk about the janky MLS playoff structure and how much we don't like it. Uh, we'll also do some little bits and bobs from uh, around football. And of course, we will get to the burning question presented by Nextdoor. Uh, so like I said, lots to dig into with my co-host, Jeffrey P. Nesker. No Michael Singh this week. Uh, but Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm looking forward to this little cheat on the over-unders because I've had them prep for a few weeks. And naturally, no Mikey Singh tonight. And naturally, we're going to do him again. We have Mikey Singh you know, on the show when it's all three of us, as it should be. But I think it's a it would be a cool little cheat. And we've got we've chosen three, you know, that I think are particularly agrarious or actually kind of some a bit close to the line. And uh, hopefully we can all make fun of Mikey Singh because we'll all know how bad we were and, and it'll be a discovery for him. So uh, we can all pile up on on Mikey Singh when we do uh, when we when we when we actually revisit these in, in all honesty. As for my week, man, it was a breeze. You know, now that we're now that we're washing the stank off of this season, because so much of I've been given a bit of clarity, you know, so much of this year was us dealing with crushing disappointment at the same time as we were trying to report on crushing disappointment. And I think at a certain point, like equality kind of gave way and, and, and we were sort of dealing with it in tandem, almost as knee jerk as the as the fan base proper. Um, no apologies for that, but it's just, it's nice to have, um, a bit of clarity, you know, and, and I know people are complaining about no end of season, uh, 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 media clear out day, but you know, it's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, we've been, we've been agonizing over the state of this club for, for quite a long time now. And I, it's been nice to not, you know until today rolled around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's mm. obviously by design from the coaching staff, from the club, give the players a week off. Like, don't, don't talk about it. Like just, just have some time to breathe. I think we all mm. needed that breath. Um, like we said on the last show, you know, for the last, let's, let's be real here. Probably since maybe mid May, maybe even early May, mm. We've been just talking about how abject this team has been, right? Really, yeah, since May. Absolute and, suckage. 
yeah, it, and it's it's draining. It drains on you after a while. And you know, we we've talked about sort of our like, how do we find different ways to say the same thing over and over again? Um, yeah. But I, I think that week was needed just to, okay, it's over. Now we can kind of take the step back and do a little bit of that processing of you know what the hell really happened here, um, yeah. and go into that. And you you brought it up, so maybe we should just jump right into it. Sort of this situation around the end of season locker clean out GM president players kind of press conference that we normally have at the end of every season so usually at the end of the season um whether it's again during the regular season as it's been the last couple of seasons or playoffs uh you know a couple of days after the season's over say you know you end on a weekend by Tuesday or Wednesday you know you have a big press conference where you know, the, the generally the players will they'll have players come out and talk about the season. Usually the GM is going to come out and talk about the season, obviously, and plans going forward. And then usually Bill Manning comes out um, and speaks mm-hmm. to the press. That hasn't yeah. happened yet. And there has been no indication yet on when exactly that will happen. Um, there has, however, been indication that it will happen. So yes, I think yes. That's important to clarify. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Like, so it mm-hmm. will happen, but it is interesting that it hasn't happened yet. Now, you know, basically, it sounds like just kind of like fans, you know, TFC mm-hmm. players got the week off um, and then are probably going to be back in training this week. As John Herman kind of mentioned before the season ended, that he tends to keep the players that he is looking to keep around for 2024 in camp for pretty much the maximum amount of days he can um, because there is a release date, I think, in, well, I mean, November is like, you know, two days. But uh, at some point in November, they have to literally stop playing because they have a mandatory uh, CBA break. Yeah, uh, and December 1st is when they turn into pumpkins. They have to announce, regardless of of end-of-season pressers, regardless of any inter-cine shenanigans, MLS has a cutoff they have to announce. Uh, what what decisions they've made on 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 options and, and that sort of thing. I think it's actually exclusively options. I don't know if anything else is bundled. No, it's just options. So it's player yeah, options. So yeah. yeah. So certainly, uh, uh, you know, December the first, we get some answers. I mean, do, one, do we actually need a presser? Uh, because we have a we we've, we've amassed our a, a network of Toronto till I die spies. Um, you know that DM me all over the place. Obviously. Um, where Victor Vasquez is concerned, I, I make no a secret of my absolute adult, uh, adoration of the man. So, you know, our spy network was was uh, was working double time to deliver me some pretty awful effing news today, if if true. Um, you know, the other thing is, who's going to be at these pressers? At this point, there's nobody left. And if they're trotting out Berna and Lorenzo... For, for the end of season presser, I, you can miss me with that. Like I, I got, I got to wash my hair. I got better things to do with my time. So yeah, it, it will be interesting to see which players come out. You would suspect Jonathan Osorio will be one of them. Uh, he mm-hmm. usually does them. Uh, after that, it becomes actually quite interesting to see who will actually go up uh, in front of the mic from the Christian player perspective. <laughs> well, it, we'll get into it in a yep. second in terms of the players that mm-hmm. are on option. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they retain them if they can keep his number low. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see outside of Jonathan Osorio, like who will it be? Will Sean Johnson speak? Will... You know, somebody, you know, will somebody like, will they have 
uh, Quajo speak? Will they have some of the young guys like Kobe Franklin speak? Like, we're yeah. not quite sure. Normally, you go into these and you're pretty sure, like, okay, there's there's a general vet kind of leaders in the group that are going to, you know, speak at the, one of these press conferences. But at this point, I actually have Anybody's no guessed. idea. Yeah, I have no Anybody's idea who does. And, and you know that if Sean Johnson speaks, that's going to set TFC Live aflame that he, you know, it infers that he's staying around. Uh, which could be a fa- another false dawn in a, in a series of false dawn. Yeah, Sigurd Rostad. I mean, yeah, like we're going to end up with people that, you know, like uh, Shane O'Neill, you know, hey, I, uh, like what does he have to say about it other than concussion protocols and, and, and stuff like well, that? Well, like, I would actually be really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Here. Yeah, I'd be really intrigued to see what some of those guys say. Like, I know we generally we want to see the big guy speak, right? We want to see the DP speak. We, I mean, maybe not this season. I don't. But, but you know, you, you generally, in a general sort of regular year, you'd want to see like your DP speak. You'd want to hear some of the other prominent players on your team speak. But I would actually be very interested in some of these players who are going to be depth more depth guys next year who are probably coming back to get their perspective on things right because mm-hmm. i know they don't talk a lot and there's probably sometimes a reason why but at the same time like you want to get a perspective from them in terms of just what the locker room was like what the you know how much validity there was his reporting from everything we've heard from the people we've brought on this show who are in who are more mm-hmm. around the club and from a media perspective than we are. It sounds like a lot of that stuff from that athletic article that came out and subsequent things that have come out since are quite accurate, right? In terms of oh, yeah. how things were were happening. So I'd love to get if their perspective. Understated. If anything Probably. understated. Probably um, a little sugar coated, just you know, to protect obviously um the, some people. But yeah, 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 but, but uh, it would but, be interesting I mean, to see what they have to say. Mike, are, don't you think you're setting yourself up for disappointment there? I mean, oh, well, I don't think they're going to spill all the tea. Honesty, no, I yeah, don't think they're going to. Yeah, they're not going to do but that. But it will still but, be fun. It'll still be fun, you know, to look at to look at body language and 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 let the wheels of uh, of uh, um, uh, supposition spin, right? But I, I, I think I think I know better than to expect that kind of brutal honesty. I mean, with the state of the club being what it is, we may we may actually get that kind of insight. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, especially if it's a player on their way out that's got no skin in the game anymore. Well, if it's a player on their way out, they're not going to go up. Yeah. They're not putting them up there, right? They it, definitely they're not going to put them up there. And I don't think they're going to they would spill like tea or anything like that. I think what they would more it kind of be like the way Jonathan Osorio addressed it, which is like, look, these broader questions around was there a brotherhood? Like were yeah, players yeah. together? Where where you know, where did this go wrong on the pitch? Why did, you know, the team seem to collapse so easily uh in the face of any type of adversity? Right. And I think you can glean a lot out of those type of, of, of answers. Absolutely. And of course, look, there'll be better people than me to ask those questions mm-hmm. um, at that press conference. I actually think it will be one where a lot of press will be there in, again, kind of to pick up the carcass a little out. bit. I yeah. think so. I think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be there to pick up the carcass a bit. And, 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 you know, whether that happens this week or it happens early next week. It will be an interesting watch for sure, especially when, you know, Jason Hernandez and Bill Manning, we don't know if Sean Rubio will speak as well as he's just joined the team. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, John Herdman will definitely speak as well. 
but it'll be interesting also to see their takes, right, in terms of yeah. how this goes. And, and of course, you know, everybody will be looking again, I think, a little knives out um, for Bill Manning Absolutely. once he speaks. Um, but that, that's sort of the the state of the end of season press conference. I know a lot of people are kind of looking for that. A lot of people look forward to it um, at the end of the year, good or bad. Um but let's quickly look here at the Let players. me interject just because yeah, yeah, yeah. our chat is on fire. And okay. There's a, and there is a, a couple of Oh, I don't have my chat tab. Uh, Usually I do. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so G-Money Talks just asked, uh, when does uh, San Jose announce they're not buying Io's contract? And I believe Turts answered him yesterday on socials. Uh, he's coming back. Yeah. So um, he played, what, 14 minutes for San Jose? He was yeah, never, he didn't, they were he didn't play much. He didn't buy um, his option. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, the other ones are, are about CPL stuff. I might bring them up later. I might not. But um, uh, Joao says, uh, and it's it's Wow or Joe. I, I mean, whatever. You know, I'm trying. Uh, Mikey Singh's been avoiding my early season comment on JMR's time running out. Still waiting on a postseason comment. You know, you don't have to look far. Uh, Mikey has, in so many words, essentially said that, you know, if not now, then when, and if you look at any of the postmortems for TFC, and I'm talking about uh, Matt Doyle's on the MLS mothership, the stuff going on with Tenorio and, uh, and his ilk on the athletic, there's all a special mention of JMR this year, more than any other one, because we've been down this path before and we we're, we're get we're, it's becoming uh, habitual to say, is this going to be his year? The general consensus is it's now or never for this guy. So uh, you know, Mikey Singh may have not said it explicitly, but the general the general vibe is most definitely um, it, it's put put up or shut up time. If I could, yeah, I get that. He's still not even twenty, right? Like it, it's it's hard for me to just cast it off. I mean, I don't think he's been helped by the fact that he's had a different manager every single year. He's been a pro, and the right? hype like, has really, 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 really been a bad thing for him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the hype hasn't been a help. I think he's he's had different managers asking him sometimes to do different things all the time, right? And mm-hmm. he he just hasn't had stability. A lot of these young players just have not had stability. Uh, at the club and when you don't have that it's hard for you to so and look some players can rise above and, and absolutely for mm-hmm. sure we've talked about a few uh especially last week but when you're when you're asking a player to to come in and and sort of be not just the next young star but essentially to you know the hype of not just Toronto FC fans and within our fandom, but in MLS yep. fandom as well. Like if you look at other ratings, like he was a, uh, a twenty-two under twenty-two player, right? Yeah, he was like in the Guardian, like yeah, like, right. He was in the, the Guardian, like yeah. the, exactly. Like in that, and that's kind of the hype machine around players. You're going to have some that take a little bit longer to show what they have, and and yeah. I I'm not ready to write JMR off yet. Because I don't really think we've seen the best of him because I don't think he's been utilized in the best way yet. Because we haven't found a manager with, yeah. who is going to be around long enough to utilize him in the right way. And that's where we're stuck You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And unfortunately, you know, we may have more patience. Uh, I will remind you that G-Money is a, is a hardcore fan of TFC because they are watching this show, right? Um, and even our patience is running out and has been steadily running out. So My patience is not that, no, I know. And, and there's a wide swath of, of TFC uh, land that agrees with you. But I'm saying the wider mosaic, 
it's put up or shut up time. And, and that has to play a role in it. And, and just to answer G money's question. Yes, that's the general consensus. Um, Turts. Absolutely. I, you know, settling on a best position is probably, the, is probably. Well, the that's, that's the thing, right? Like how, how can we possibly realistically say it's put up mm. or shut up time when he hasn't really been able given a, a an ex- real extended run to put up anyway. Yep. Right. Like it's it. That's the hard thing for me to around him. And and I don't know when that comes. I don't know if it comes next season because I don't like again, we don't fully know what John Herdman's plan is, how exactly he's going to play. Now we know from the national team that he generally likes to play three at the back. That means wing backs. That means he Mm -hmm. may find a role as a wing back. But Kobe Franklin has played so well down this stretch. He kind of, you would think he's the incumbent for the job right now. Uh, Very early runnings, obviously. But, you know, how does JMR fit into that? I don't really know at this point. And I don't know how you... the club does. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I don't don't know what you do. And I really wouldn't... I would really be sad if they casted him away, in my opinion, this quickly. I know a lot of people are going to say, like, he's had chances, stuff like that, especially in 2022. But... I still don't think we've seen the best of him. I don't think we've been able to see really the best of him for circumstances that are sometimes out of his control. I mean, I'll put it this way. If I'm JMR, if I'm not getting what I want out of the club this year, I walk. Um, If the clubs, you know, Nathan raises the point, you know, JMR is still making peanuts. My patience with JMR is directly tied to his cap hit, right? I get the impression that there's a lot of that logic going on in at TFC's upper echelons. And if that's the only reason they're keeping this guy around at the, at the, at the, you know, at, at, at risk to his career, you know, he's got to, he's got to sack up and, and take his, his own destiny into his own hands. You know, it does take two to tango and th- one more year of this can't, it just can't happen for, for the player, for the club, for our sanity. Um, you know, it just, we, there needs to be movement on that. And that's an excellent segue to stuff I don't want to discuss, which is, uh, which is the next on the, on the, yeah. Item. <laughs> so, I mean, look, you know, obviously JMR is, is, is going to be around next season, but there are a few players that are, uh, potentially on their way out. Uh, so there are several players up with contract options. I'll read them out and then we'll sort of talk about a few of them in a little bit more detail. Um, the, the biggest one or the biggest name here being, <laughs> yeah, I know you want to, is Victor Vasquez. Um, yeah. CJ Sapong is also on this list. He is definitely not coming back. I think that's already oh, yeah. been announced. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Forget about it. Backup goalkeeper Greg Radzing, uh, Luca Gavrin, who will be back. Um, uh, Alonzo Cuello uh, will will also probably be back. Uh, Thimi Antonoglu will also probably be back. Thomas Romero, th- that is going to be an interesting one, I think, with Gavrin coming back. It- it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what they do with him. And then Ame Mabika uh, is also up for uh i think we will disagree on that a little bit but fair enough Mm -hmm. we did first of all i'm gonna give you the space i'm gonna step back for a second jpn and i'm gonna let you i don't think you should because i'm just i'm just gonna rage no go ahead man like it's okay you're allowed to him and i understand i don't know what's going on in his head i'm making a lot of assumptions here that he may think he's got a year left and that the sticking issue is $300,000 $300,000 for one more year as a player, limited minutes coming on as a super stuff, maybe even missing the whole season and going to vacation in Spain. I'm just saying, if there's a chance to capture 
the golden boy of the golden generation of La Masia, because let's be honest, they were neck and neck. Vivi and Messi were neck and neck. Vivi had injury troubles that kind of derailed his career, but at, at the point where they were both Academy kids, they were mentioned in the same breath. Um, you move heaven and earth for that. I, I don't think that we are competitive next year. I think that's a pipe dream that we're competitive next year. And I think the at least in my humble opinion, I'm going into next year with very diminished expectations because I don't want it to hurt as bad as this year did. So I'm going into next year thinking that, you know, we're lucky if we get 28 points as opposed to 22 points. You know, I, I am not expecting anything. Um, to me, it's a no brainer. There has to be room on your roster for $300,000 if it means even the outside chance of bringing Victor Vasquez um, back as a coach. And again, humongous assumptions on my part. Who know? Maybe he went to TFC and said, I want four years guaranteed, in which case, <laughs> you'll be playing into your 40s. That ain't happening. But I can't imagine that that was the case. And I also hope that this isn't true. Our spies came back to us. VV uh, posted on Instagram a time lapse of him packing his apartment. Um, there are screen caps of conversations, you know, basically saying sayonara. Uh, it is what it is. All signs point to crap, but I'm until I see something official, I'm, I'm going to hold on a, a hope because I want that future, man. I want that future. I tweeted it out. Imagine a future where the Youth Academy says the Toronto Football Club by Victor Vasquez, Lamazia North, you know, uh, TFC Youth Academy. And his accomplishments as a player are dwarfed by what he's added to the DNA of our club in terms of what he what he's imparted to the youth there. That is a tough dream for me to give up. Uh, you know, if we went out looking for an academy director, you know, and Victor Vasquez had never played for our club, you know, and and we end up hiring Victor Vasquez, we're all doing backflips. So the fact that we're so laissez-faire about whether he sticks around you know, makes me bonkers. It's going to, it's going to, it's tough. It's going to be tough for me to get over this. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, from a playing perspective, I always, you know, this was going to be a one year deal, right? Like it was always going to be a one year thing. And then he'll reevaluate whether he wants to keep on playing or not. I don't know. Obviously there's no official word from the club and there's no official word from Victor yet on, on what he's going to be doing next. We don't even know if he wants to coach, right? Like maybe he doesn't yeah, want no, to coach. You're, you're right. Maybe, right. Maybe that's the last thing he wants. So to, to me, to me, it, it, it makes sense to say like, Hey, look, listen, if he really wanted to coach, I'm sure the club could find something for him to, to, to do in terms of the club. But then again, also we have just spent, you know, the last week or about two weeks talking about how bad it treats its uh, alumni, uh, you know, from that perspective. So, mm -hmm. you know, in, in that case, that could also be something, um, a, yeah. a, you know, a relationship that's soured. That is just speculation. But I think also, look, if he's not going to play and he wants to play, I'm sorry, but there's just no more room for sort of for passengers, right? Like they, in, in I, that case, I, Victor's a passenger right now, like in terms of I, being a productive on the field. I agree with you. I mean, how can I not? But those were the best 230 minutes of my uh, 2023 season watching VB. <laughs> oh. Listen, I am not impartial here. I am as biased as they come. Fair. I don't want him gone ever. I mean, like, just just kidnap him, please. Uh, 
Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, this one look, he, he he is he will always be a, a fabric in in terms of in the fabric of the club from that perspective. Mm. I again, I don't know what his future plans are, or what he wants to do, or if he wants to go and play another year. Uh, but it, again, from a from a TFC perspective, from a look, probably from a John Herdman perspective, he probably wants to start mm. somewhat fresh in terms of his in terms of his roster and Victor Vasquez wouldn't be his guy right like that's just going not to Miami maybe who knows yeah right like a mate so bad may, <laughs> if he gonna, decides to play another year heart and half. Mm. I mean I, I, sure I, I again I don't imagine? know if that's I, no I could imagine it, it definitely that's it's un, a plausible insane. it's a plausible yeah. route for him to go yeah. We'll see, um, but he his one. It sounds like he might be on the way out, but we'll, we'll see. Obviously, we talked about CJ Sapong. He's definitely out. Um, go ahead. Do you think my Victor Vasquez Inter Miami shirt will arrive before Mikey Singh's Inter Miami <laughs> message shirt? Uh, if you pay for printing on a Victor Vasquez shirt when he hasn't even announced signing for oh, an no, Inter Miami, I'm not doing it yet. It's a pink <laughs> shirt, man. It's got. It's, I got to commit to wearing a pink shirt. So, Whatever. but if it happens, it. that money, that money's happening right away, Ugh. right away. Ugh. I have two, two co-hosts on a Toronto FC podcast that would be wearing Inter Miami shirts. Oh, yikes! It's gonna be amazing. It's yikes, be amazing. indeed. Um, all right, Greg Rad. Yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Rad Singh. Yeah, I just you know Garbage. I don't I don't think yeah I don't think he's coming back. Um, look, a lot of people like from a Toronto FC perspective, yes, not very good, very good USL goalkeeper. I hope he finds a ride uh, we'll somewhere in USL. We'll always yeah. have that that game against Atlas where we yeah exactly the second coming of uh, of what well, I don't think anybody uh, talking second coming. Gianluigi I thought he was just I did I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luca Gavrin. Look, we we spoke a little bit about Luca Gavrin. Um, look, this is a, a player that is for a goalkeeper is still a, essentially a baby, um, but mm-hmm. showed really well. Now, oddly so enough, well. gave up gave up the same amount of goals in almost the same amount of games as Greg Radjit Singh. I'm glad so, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, so that that is that is a case, you know. But I do think that a lot of people see a future for for Luca here um, at the club. I, I would be surprised if the club did not use their club option on him uh to keep him around uh battling probably for a number two job if again sean johnson sticks around which it kind of looks like he will um but again i guess we'll get some more clarity probably at the end of the season press conference um alonzo cuejo definitely coming back again i think i would be more devastated like the way you're devastated about victor vasquez i would be be devastated devastated about if they did not pick up his contract if they do the double i might i might hate tfc like officially if they if they leave me with no silky spanish midfielders i'm gonna be very very upset i will riot um but he's coming back he's coming yeah most likely the thing that's surprising about him is he's 24 years old in the same way that we're constantly surprised that luca lucas mcnaughton was 28 you know he's a rookie but 24 is a little old well, to be a rookie. Well, he played so. call, like he played full college mm-hmm. ball, right? Plus, he played a full season at TFC two, right? So, like he, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of those guys who is Spanish, but and and spent time in the Atletico Madrid academy, but actually came to the U.S. for for university. For college. So, yeah, yeah for yeah. college. Smart so, guy. like, so yeah, Smart so guy. he definitely did. I think he did the full four years there. Um, Demian. 
Demi and, and Antonoglu, um, as I trip over that name, um, he will definitely be back. He is somebody that uh, the club really value um, as a player, yep. um, especially as a, as an outside back, as a left back. Um, so Demi will he be needs back. Minutes. He does he need really minutes. Needs minutes. He, needs he does need minutes. minutes. And I think he needs more than TFC two minutes now. Like, I think yeah, it needs to be 100%. more than TFC two. Um, he's, so he's in between be levels because he, he murders it at, at the MLS next level. He's quite capable, but I haven't seen enough at MLS first team level. And I don't want exactly. him to slip through the cracks. So he, need, he needs minutes desperately. Yeah, kind of almost in that Luca Petrasso kind of role yeah. where then when Luca Petrasso got minutes, let him go. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, here's an interesting. So Thomas Romero, um, some people were, were mentioning this in the chat here uh, about mm-hmm. what to do with him. Uh, came in as the is clearly Bob Bradley's number two. Um, look, I, I think he had LAFC. Yeah, he, he had moments this season where he looked okay. And then obviously other moments where he was not. Uh, but again, wow. it's one of those things. It, it's one of those things where I think part of it was him, and part of it was he was a victim of circumstances around a bad defense and a bad midfield that so, gave yeah. away yeah. the ball really easy and put him in really bad spots. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am TFC, I think I'm keeping him and letting him and Luca Gavrin battle out for the number two job. Right? Like I, I think you need some healthy competition. It does depend on money. I, I do disagree. I don't disagree there. Um, I don't think Thomas Romero is on terrible money though. Um, no, from, from and, that and perspective. And again, Sean Johnson's the first domino to fall here. If he's if he's coming back, it changes everything. Exactly. If, if, if he's, he's gone, not coming back, then, then that's our that's our one and two right there. You know. I don't think they go out and get another goalkeeper, frankly, uh, if Sean Johnson comes out. You think if yeah, Sean I, Johnson leaves, they go out and get a number one? Oh, I think they go out and get one. an established number one. Yeah, I still think they go out and get an established number one. Um, hmm. Again, I don't know who. I wouldn't pretend to know who that yeah, would I be right now. To know who, yeah, um, yeah. But it would probably be somebody on a, a cap manageable, cap friendly number uh, from that perspective. And look, I, look, Toronto is going to have a lot of cap this off season, so keeping Sean Johnson, I don't think would be a bad thing from a cap perspective. Uh, I think that he's going to be here, though. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that w- that will be interesting to see if if he does want to stay. I, he doesn't strike me as a guy who's just going to up and leave a project. He doesn't. That's not the. No. That's not what I get from him. Um, and I and I think he wants to to see this out. But of course, you know the way this season went down in terms of what we talked about earlier in the show. Excuse anybody for cutting ties. No, exactly, exactly. Way, right, know? they they'll pull a Matt Hedges. Right, just pull the shoot. Yeah. So um, yeah, exactly. from that perspective, exactly. I would keep Thomas Romero around. I don't know about you, Jeff. Like, uh, if you have any strong opinions on on Thomas Romero, but like, I I think I don't based and on that number. And that's why I don't really have an opinion. Like, I I mean, he's fine. Uh, I agree with you. I think he was a victim of circumstance in a lot of ways. Um, but to me, the, it's Sean Johnson's decision and that, and that sort of precludes any feeling I have. But if you're asking me if I'm okay with rolling into 2023 with uh, Gavren and, uh, and Romero as our one, two, uh, you know, whoever you assign it to, I think I am again, diminished expectations to me. There's a lot, there's bigger fish to fry. Um, <laughs> pun intended, because uh, you know Stephen Fry might actually be a free agent, and how much fun would that be? I would be. I first of all, I would be shocked if Seattle let him go, but um, I would also be shocked if he decided to come back. He left when the club was a tire fire. He comes back and, when the oh, club's there's a, a tire lot of fire. Bad, but, but and yeah, there's a I lot. Mean, yeah, there he, is bad. bad. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it was with a, a look. When he left, the, the the club was a very different 
place like even though yes the the records are funny enough not that different from when he left mm-hmm. um the club is a very different running yeah. entity than when he was traded i can't uh, see so him I, coming back for all I the, can't see all that the money all the money all the I, yeah i, I can't see can. that either i think he'd yeah. just retire um yeah, and, and, yeah. and then the last one on the list here is emmy mabika again i think mike saying actually I, I hear you. I hear you. And I think a lot of fans agree with you. Um, but I will sort of take Mike Singh's uh, approach on this, which is he's cheap. Like he he's not on a lot of money. Like as a as a guy that you probably has as a, of a more depth center back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I, I yes. Okay. He had bad. He definitely had terrible moments this season you've NYCFC. mentioned the the nycfc uh, yeah, yeah yeah i know i know but i feel yeah. like almost every player on this team had a moment like that this season right like there's very few players think, you can I look at and say gold like standard that's the bizarre world it, gold standard for horrible moments for a tfc player i for, i couldn't yeah. believe my eyes yeah yeah you're probably not, not wrong there you're probably not wrong there but you know from that perspective like, like there's a lot of guys that had seasons like that if we judge every like there would be no one left Right, there'd be probably five yeah. guys on the team. Um, yeah, from this I perspective, just, I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's contra- well, contrast. Everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody look, deserves he, a second chance. Exactly, and look, I, I think he's he's again, he's his contract is cheap, and John Herdman, if he has a specialty as a manager, it is taking guys like Emmy Mabika, putting an arm around him. Well, he'd probably have to get on a step ladder and do it, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and sort of building his confidence back up. Uh, and that's and if look if you can get Emi Mabika to where he was when he started with TFC, which was again, mm-hmm. look, we were all like, oh my god, like this. Yeah, we know he's got it, massive guy. He's got it. Like he does got it. Like, mm-hmm. like he, he's a decent. I won't say great, but decent dribbler. Like he can, like you know, if he if he's sort of aimed the right way, you know, he can yeah, definitely be threat, a, an aerial threat and, and a depth piece on your team. I'm not saying he's going to be your starting center back. He, he probably should not mm-hmm. be your starting center back. But as a depth piece, I, I don't think based on the money, it's a bad thing to bring him back and, and sort of say, hey, look, you've got a year and show us what you yep. got. And then after that, we'll see. Right. I, I don't think that's a uh, devil, that's you know, I, right, exactly. Like, you know? Right. From yeah, that perspective, because I don't think you're sometimes. I don't think. I, well, I just don't think TFC is going to be the premier free agent destination for MLS <laughs> free agents this year. Put it that way. Right. Like you don't. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I think there is kind of this, there's two ways to look at it. One is that, yes, TFC have been craptacular for three years and have been bottom of the table and and, and Mm -hmm. a little, you know, at the bottom of the league for the last three years. The other way to look at it is the way that sort of Sean Johnson and Matt Hedges looked at it, which is like, if you can get it right here. Right, the money's here, the infrastructure's here, the ownership will spend now, depending. Yep. Um, you could potentially, you know, really be on to something, right? I, I would tend to think that the, the club's right now sort of at the former than the latter, but there are some free agents that will look at it and say, like, hmm, you know, if I can come in here and yeah. we can be decent, then, you know, I can get the vibe back. You know, I, yeah, you maybe, know that's a good spot to be. capture another Michael Bradley. You know, somebody that looks at this and sees it the same way that MB4 did, you know, as a as as a landing spot where they can do things that they've never they've always imagined in their career, but never had the form to do it in. And at the same time, resuscitate an ailing franchise and bring it back to the to the upper upper levels of MLS. You know, this could be I, I, I hazard to say it because 
you know, craptastic, but this could be a good thing for the club. You know, we might, we might, we might be attracting the exactly the kind of players we need. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just in the comments here, just a, a couple of people were mm -hmm. asking about Brandon Cervania um, in terms of his injury. Mm -hmm. Like he will be back next year, but it's an ACL as far as I understand. Yeah. It would be sort of like mid next season. He might be back. Yeah. He may get back a little bit earlier depending on recovery, but it's it's pretty much like he, it's the bad. idea is that he's going to be out for a while. Um, and he'll probably have to, you know, do rehab stints at like TFC2 to get his fitness back up and things like that. Yeah, it sucks. It's a, yeah. it's a pretty, uh, pretty pervasive injury. 100%. Um, training this week. I don't think anybody knows if there was training this week. Uh, so in terms of training, you know, again, what I've heard and what has been told to sort of us is that, uh, the club should be back in training this week. Uh, and then they will be, you know, off, uh, I think for the mandatory Waiting for the press conference time. Then, yeah. Then and then essentially, Exactly. And then it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then it's just when do they hold the press conference? So they may mm -hmm. do it after the, the training sort of sessions are done. Uh, again, we, we don't know yet. Nothing's been official, but they should be back in training. I think this week is, is what, you know, we've been told. What are they training for? Just just to keep fitness up or I mean, you know, because this training session is kind of an island of, of meaninglessness, right? Like they're not they're not training for a game. No, they're not train like you know. After this is done, they're probably not training for a couple of weeks. So I don't really understand this. You know, like, did they just like? Yeah. So Ron John Bell's Herman actually addressed. Like, yeah, I think John Herman mm -hmm. addressed this in his uh, press conference prior uh, to the final game of the season. Like he, you know, he wanted mm -hmm. to keep the team around. He kept the basically like why you give Fred, why you send a borrow back early with only one game left like why do that it's only one game left because in, tfc in because well, tfc 2023 yeah and like yeah. the thing is, is you're not he's not going to be around right so the idea is that he he's going to keep the players in training that he is planning to keep around for next season and restart in kind of working on his principles right i i, I don't be some on-field work probably but a lot of it is probably going to be sort of in a dark room with a projector, right? And talking I about see. the things he wants I to do see. in video and stuff like that. Training, right. I got yeah, you. I got I, you. but I think it's going to be like trying to lay that groundwork heading into training camp in probably, what, late January uh, yeah. or early February. So like that's, that's sort of the point. A lot of MLS teams do that. Like the ones that get out of the playoffs early, they actually keep the players... Um, training until sort of the mandatory time in which you have it, to let it them makes go. makes sense. It's less time to get unfit, right? More time, you know, mandating boiled chicken and rice. I, I totally get it. But I just, you know, it, it, I, it, I don't know if the ends justify the means, which is kind of the story of Toronto FC over the last uh, the last three three something yeah. odd seasons. All right. You want to do our little cheat now? Let me get Yeah. Me get just one right. really quick question. Just one mm -hmm. comment here that I just want to address to And Nigel just asking Please. about, is Javinko still training with the team? That's a great question. Of he is. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Nobody's addressed it since John Herdman um, has very, very took small. over the training. Hard, yeah. Taking over the training find, sessions. Yeah. Uh, the answer is we don't know. Um, but we do. Yeah. We do in our hearts. We all know in our hearts that that Seba's there. We'll feel. Well, he has it like he has like basically the club is like said like you can come and train here whenever you want. Now whether you're training mm -hmm. with the team all the time or not, um, 
that's another question. The Gregory I, I, Vanderveel special, and he didn't even have to punch the gaffer in the face. So, I got to double check. I feel, I feel like John Molinero might have said this, and I, again, I, I mm. apologize if this is not the case, but I did think he said that Javinko was no longer training with the team now that Herdman was there, but he's used, still using the facilities to stay fit. Amazing. Um, so that that's Amazing. as far as we know. TFC yes. has a gym membership. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. All right, let's do All these right. over-unders. Let's do these. And we're cheating because we're going to do these again when Mikey Singh is here. So anybody with notes, remember, uh, first up, DeAndre Kerr. Ooh. DeAndre Kerr. He's a guy who I, I don't think gets enough love. I think he might be, aside from Jaquiel, the best prospect that Toronto FC has that's signed right now. Over-under, four and a half goals. Last season, he had three goals in 26 appearances. What do you guys think? Yeah, under. Okay. And, and, and under, just simply because I don't think he's going to get the amount of appearances he got last year. I, I agree with you, Mike. I'm, I'm still very high and very bullish on DeAndre Kerr, but I just... I, I, Four goal, four and a half, five goals with maybe less appearances. I, I under. So I think DeAndre Kerr is going to play a big role for Bob. Bradley. So do I, actually. I, I really do. Okay. I think Bob. Bob's kind of touched on him a little bit. I think he could be a really. Well, where would he play him? Where do you think he'd play him? Because he could play three positions, right? He can be a midfielder. He could be a winger, or he could be an out-and-out striker. Exactly. He has a lot of potential. I love a lot of his starting points too. He's got that power, that pace. His first couple steps are electric. I'm, I'm really, really high on, on him. Kurt. He's got him. He's got him down for eight goals. He's a the baller, man. TFC is scoring sixty-six goals this season. <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> go against uh, so conceding sixty-six uh, last season. I love it. Oh uh, boy! Such sweet summer <laughs> childs we are. I know. Me with my blurred background, what the hell was I thinking? Oh um, man! Yeah, yeah. Remember when? Remember when? Remember uh, when? So, so obviously, the the over under was four point five goals. Uh, I believe um, uh, his total was five. His total uh, was five. Yeah. Did you pay attention to to what our shouts were at the? Yeah, end? I would. We, you and I were under. You and I went under, mm-hmm. and Singh went over. Um, so Singh won that one, and Turts actually also won that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Way to go, Turts! Shout out, yeah. Turts, man. Jeez, yeah. Well, Lord. look, it, it's funny because I, I think we all went in with the premonition that oh, Diamante is going to be fit. He will be the he will be the number nine. And for at least two games, he was, <laughs> you know. Um, but I don't think anybody could predicted that he would be down for that long. Um, and yep. look, and 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 I do think that we were right in the sense that we were all still very bullish on DeAndre. We all thought that he had a lot of talent and could bring a lot to the club. And look, I, I think that, again, he had moments this year where, again, he looked like he had taken a step forward um, in terms of his play. Still got things to work on for sure. Uh, and he's not definitely not the finished product by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But five goals is an improvement. Uh, you're, you're seeing sort of a player that I think is gaining a lot more confidence, like a player well, I, that oh, knows yeah. that he can be a senior player on this team and 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 play significant minutes for, for TFC and be uh, effective. So, I mean, look, I I think this is a, a kid with a lot of uh, a big future. I think John Herdman sees that as well. Uh, uh-huh. And now just a question of what TFC do in the offseason in terms of addressing a number nine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's funny. I think I picked... Just by accident, the ones were actually the least wrong. Um, we're going to do uh, two more. Well, one one that's just hilarious, and, and it starts with Adama and ends with Diamande. But let's uh, let's roll into uh, oh, into I don't Sean John what I said right for this. Now. 
Another guy who's going to be under a lot of pressure is Sean Johnson. I'm setting his over under at six and a half clean sheets. That's a weird term in Toronto, clean sheet. We don't mm-hmm. hear it very often. But let me just throw some stats out to I you love guys. So Sean Johnson, he's kept seven clean sheets in every year since 2017. TFC, they only kept three clean sheets as a team last year. But I will add, those three clean sheets all came after the debuts of Bernardeschi, Insigne, Mark Anthony K, and, and Richie Larea as well. So Jeff, I'll start with you. Over. That'll bring, be a bring. big upgrade for TFC. Huge. Humongous. If they get seven clean sheets, they're going to be well in a playoff spot, is my prediction. Fantastic. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, over. I think the team will be better defensively this year. I think for the reasons you mentioned earlier, right? The ability to keep possession better, not give away the ball in silly positions. That's what cost them a lot of goals last year, was just giving the ball away in bad positions and then being forced to defend in transition and being terrible at it. And um, and I think you cut a lot of that down if you have the players in the starting 11 that you have. So Tony's comments over. amazing. Tony's like, yeah, we're getting a bunch of clean sheets because no more pause he's got to face. No chips. <laughs> Just dip. Ouch. That one mm-hmm. kind of hurt. Um, just, just, just for clarity's sake. So it was over under 6.5 clean sheets. The actual retail price, no, the actual uh, statistics were he, uh, he got six clean sheets, 24 goals allowed, 52 saves in 20 total appearances in 2023. So it's close, and we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he hit the number, um, I guess, from mm-hmm. that perspective. Um, but look, I think partly, look, injury plays a part in it. And like, it's funny enough, just listening back to my comment, the one thing that we thought they would be able to do is kind of cut down on some of the silly turnovers that led to goalkeepers Spoiler being in bad alert. positions. They, they did not. didn't. <laughs> well, it, it's weird because all of those, mm-hmm. pretty much almost all of those clean sheets came before Bob Bradley was sacked, right? Like, yep. it, and, and in a certain sense, they kind of were c- cutting those down a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like that was that was snake bitten at the beginning of the year. Right. That was that yeah. was the thing. Yeah. So yep. that was tracking the right way. Now, obviously, you break your hand, that is going to impact your ability to keep clean sheets. But I do think that. And look, I, I I do think that Bob Bradley needs to go when he went, but it did speak to the fact that there was a little bit more of a, at least a game plan on how to defend as a 100%. team. Not saying they did it well all the time, uh, but it, it was pacing to be over six clean sheets. Um, I think if obviously had Bob Bradley had stayed, but uh, you know, obviously, you know, things happen the way they have to happen. Uh, but I yeah, think he, if he, didn't, if he doesn't break his hand, I do think he gets at least seven. Hmm. I'm opening up that to the chat, but once again, we'll be able to uh, to revisit this when we actually do this for real. When when all three of us, all three amigos, are here. All right, bunker, bunker up, everybody, because uh, here it comes. Uh, last one of these little cheats we're gonna do. I'm enjoying this. I think I'm gonna enjoy it even more when we go through the whole run of them. But uh, here it is. Yikes! Our new number nine, Adama Diomande, over under eight and a half goals. He had 12 goals in 2018 with LAFC and had eight goals in 2019. I'll start here. I think it's an under, but I don't necessarily think that means that he's had a bad 
season. I think he's going to be one of those guys who is going to be able to hold balls up, run channels. You're kind of in the Emil Heskey, you're a striker, but you're not scoring goals role. But that doesn't mean you're a bad player. It means you just fill a different function. So I'm going to say under. I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm saying over. Yeah, we saw a glimpse of that during the the preseason game, the LA Galaxy one, where I think it was called back, if I'm not mistaken, for offside. I think he'll score a lot of those types of goals. Exactly. Where he's on the shoulder of a back line and he's beating a, a defender to to a Lorenzo Insigne cross or a Federico Bernardeschi cross. I, I'm going to go over on this one. I feel like Diamande yeah. is going to benefit. I think he's a type of striker that Bob Bradley likes to see in his system. So let's say over eight and a half, that's nine goals. That's that's a lot. But when he's on the pitch and he's played, I think his goals per minute is ridiculous. Under Bob Under Bradley. Bob Bradley. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's, I, it's an over. It's an over. <laughs> Dude, We're awesome under. at this. Lisa was yeah, under on yeah. that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was deliberately, I was deliberately trying to steer you the wrong way because I had reviewed this, so I knew that you were under. But you, but then you went on to just like give him all the flowers, and I'm like, well, look, no, I, I, no, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, no, I did, I did, I did, yeah, and I, yeah. and you know, I think we, we put a lot of stock into that one, LA, uh, LA mm-hmm. Galaxy friendly. Um, I mean, what can yeah, you say? Yeah, that friendly was nice. If he was offside, he was offside like five five or six times and they and they all looked like they were but yeah man yeah yeah damn i mean damn Damn. yeah you could you could maybe say what would it have been like if eddie had he been able to stay fit and sort of get into a rhythm it's one of those things you'll never know um i don't know what they do with him he's under contract for next season so i don't know what they do with him if they buy him out or or what but um, which is, I, I would assume that's what they're going to do, but because that's because it's not easy. Well, he's not on an insignificant number; like he's on a pretty yeah. big number. So I would suspect yeah. that that's where they use their buyout this off season. But ooh, I mean, yikes! Yeah, is that, he that's the worst really signing in TFC history? I mean, let's oh, that's a good question. you know he he hasn't played. Terrence Boyd is pretty up there. Terrence Boyd's up there. Terrence Boyd played and he gave us he gave us member berries. He gave us that PK. He gave us those. Yeah. You want to call that a member berry? I do. I I I think that ball is still in orbit, Jeff. Would you be able to pick Adama Diamande out in a lineup? Yes. He's been on our books for a season. I don't remember what he looks like. Um I'm like I'm being honest. I if I bumped into him on the street, I wouldn't know what he looks like. Like and we paid him six hundred thousand dollars. I want that job. I I want I want to be that guy. I mean, he's my hero. Uh, but I do think, you know, unfortunately, it's been glossed over by the absolute s sandwich that has been this year for TFC. It's got to be up there, man. I mean, it's tragicomic yeah. how bad a signing this is. Yeah, it's it could be. Comment. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's when we put into the chat uh, for those that are watching. Mm. In your opinion, what is the worst TFC signing? I'm probably still going to go maybe with Terrence Boyd. Uh, Edgar Akeche is up there as well, but not necessarily. Always have that Houston game. You know, always Smoke, got that Houston smoking game. by the locker room. Edgar um, my guy. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I'll leave that for the comments. Who who you guys think is the worst signing? I I, I yeah, Diamante definitely is in with a shout. Definitely oh in with a shout is one of the best, oh one, one of the worst I signings mean, it's, ever. It's inarguable. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, that was fun. 
I think yeah, we're going to really enjoy, really enjoy doing that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You'll we'll all get a laugh like, of, of how um, shocked you know, Mikey off is on we were. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, Erickson Gallardo, that's a terrible signing. That's oh, a that's really yeah, terrible good shout. Signing. He's now in USL, yeah, I think. shout. I think he's in good USL shout, now. I think Erickson I watch Gallardo. him on the weekend uh, play for horrible Phoenix Rising. Is, I think he's with Phoenix really, Rising now in USL. Oh, my God. What a great team for Erickson Gallardo. The Phoenix is not rising. Narrator, hey, he's going to um, the Western Conference final in the USL playoffs. So there you go. Petretta, Petretta is like Giovinco compared to these signings. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Petretta. He's put on boots and done things. Like we are talking, we are talking about. Yeah, I mean, y'all. I will all. I will always have time for talking about how bad a signing Epperson Soteldo is. I think Diamande is worse. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I mean, Yef Yef played. Yeah, he played. I mean, he didn't give us. He, did he didn't goals. give us the, the standing on a ball shenanigans. You know, I'm, I feel like we were robbed of that. But we got some salsa merengue. We got some dancing. We got some shenanigans. Uh, got some uh, strip club. Di- uh, we got some strip club intrigue. Diamande is a shitty signing. I mean, there's no two ways about it. There really isn't. And we signed him for two years. He's on the books. Man, he's uh, on the books next year. Still on the books that's, next year. That's crazy. That's tough. That is that's tough. Turtz has gone with the classic, which is Mista. Oh, Mista. Nah, Mista's I mean, the hipster pick, man. Yeah, yeah. He's the hipster pick. We've done way worse. We got way worse signings than Mista, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, no, let's, sorry, uh, let's, let's jump a little bit um, to sort of MLS in general and just talk about this playoff mm. structure because I know you wanted to oh chat about God. this. and it's oh like God. this first week of the MLS playoffs actually has been really hard to watch. Like I like not in terms of necessarily quality, but just the mm. structure and the way that it's kind of laid out is janky as hell. Um, it's all kinds of jank. It's all kinds of jank. I, I'm just going to read off my, my chicken scratch notes here because they're horrifying. Um, are we aware that this is the third time that MLS has changed their playoff format inside of six seasons? I think I am unconsciously, but just seeing that way yeah. large because they had the so they went from they went from uh, home and away mm-hmm. aggregate to single game knockout to mm-hmm. now essentially yeah. baseball. Yeah. Yep, and they've done this before. Uh, it's pre TFC. Yeah. This is the this they had this in two thousand two. I yeah. don't know if it overlaps with the shootout. But it should have been consigned to hell where it belongs in 2000. Well, they got rid of it because yeah. they, at the time, they were like, this is killing mm-hmm. the league and it's a terrible this system. This is killing the league. Um, you know, fans aren't buying this. Uh, there have been empty stadiums for this first uh, of three games. I'm talking uh, the LAFC game. I'm talking the Philly game. Um, you know... Do we need to explain it to people? I I, I feel I like think, we do. Well, let's just really quickly. It's best like, of three. It's best yeah. of three. Uh, games cannot end in a draw, but there's no extra time, so they go directly to penalty kicks. Goal differential is meaningless. Uh, so you can, you can blow out a team 85,000 to nil, and it matters not. It's the same. It might as well just be one nil. On a, on a one nil own goal. Um, my favorite is MLS came out and said, well, it's just like the group stages of the World Cup. Absolutely not. Have you watched a World Cup ever? I'm pretty sure you don't play the same team three times. And I'm pretty sure goal differential and draws mean so much. Some people game plan around GD and draws in the group stages of the World Cup. Let's be honest. Let's. There's an elephant in the room, and that elephant is named Apple TV. Um, 
this is the this is the stat. Okay, this is the stat that's really crazy. Beyond the fact that let's just review the the game so far. Sporting Kansas City four one Saint uh, Saint Louis City meaningless. Houston two one exciting game doesn't matter. LAFC five two. Why why even bother scoring those other three goals? You know what I mean? When you can injure yourself, when you could do this sort of thing. Uh, Cincinnati three, Red Bull New York zero, Philadelphia three, New England one. This is the stat that's really driving me crazy. All right, Revs and Philly don't play again for another ten days. Cincy and our and Red Bull New York six day break. St. Louis and Sporting Kansas City second seven uh, seven day break, and that's only to get to game two of a three game series, right? Like a lot of these aren't warm weather markets. Remember what it was like to play MLS Cup in December in Toronto. Well, they're playing MLS Cup in December. No, in, not in Toronto. You know, but. I, I, hopefully, hopefully in like in 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 the North Pole or somewhere that that Apple. It's just, it, this is so terrible that it boggles the mind. It's terrible. It I mean, is, the is one awful. thing, it it's inexcusably awful. The most you know, scoring goals in soccer is hard, and that's why they're given such precedent. You know, I will I will rage forever about the loss of aggregate math. Drunk aggregate math is my favorite. Watching a game you know, three pints deep, the team scoring a goal and you don't know whether to cheer or not because you have to ask around. Like, so what does that mean? Where, where are we at now is one of my favorite things about soccer. It's, it really, really is. And they took that away from me and now they're turning it into like lacrosse or the NBA or, or, or NHL. It's stop it. Stop it. Yeah. It's weird. Like like in the same season that, that you've got Messi winning the winning the Ballon d'Or, you know, that we're going to hear about for the rest of our lifetime. Like an MLS player won the Ballon d'Or. You're you're doing this nonsense. Like you're you're so desperate to be taken seriously, and then at every opportunity, you pull something like this. You know, it's 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 not soccer. It isn't soccer. It's 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 getting close to being anti-soccer. Well, um, it's it's just it's a funny thing because. I think after this, it goes back to straight knockouts, right? Like they do this three game series, and then um, when you get I think into the, the conference, semis are best of four. When I look, they, at are the they? MLS, yeah, I think that because these are the quarters, right? And then the semis yeah. are best yeah, of yeah. four, mm-hmm. and then I think the the conference finals. Oh are, yeah, it's the conference uh, home is, and away. Okay, is home and, and away, and, and then the final is a single game, game not single game, right? So the, the, yeah, the, I mean, like. It's weird. Like the reason that you have like baseball, basketball, hockey. You know why they have you know a three game or five game series or a seven game series is because these teams play like every other day, right? Like they play mm-hmm. every other day, so the frequency of how they play that makes sense, right? It makes sense because they don't play, they play like, like on well, grass it, that is temperature specific. Uh, put the temperature think, thing I aside. I mean, you could play okay. MLS Cup in on the tundra. We've done it twice, right? Like <laughs> sure from not. from that yeah, perspective, yeah. I, I don't think it's that big. Uh, to me, I think the biggest deal is is that. The frequency of having this sort of best of series, as you mentioned before, negates the whole like game one is meaningless. That's why these stadiums are empty. They're meaningless because at the end of the day, you win game one. So what? Vancouver, the Vancouver Whitecaps can advance after losing five two in the first game can still advance on two nil nil draws and winning penalties. Like by, that's by re- penalties with no extra time. Yeah, this is we're not ridiculous. talking about soccer anymore. We're talking about some kind of weird Franken game that quite honestly, I have no interest to watch. Like the the hallmarks of of what I appreciate about a beautiful game are not here. <laughs> no, terrible. and look, 
And look, the, the reason that MLS originally left the home and away aggregate series was to avoid the November international window because mm-hmm. games would, you would it. yeah exactly so that that was the whole point right the whole point was to avoid that and so they went to single elimination so they could be done so MLS Cup could be done before so when we went to MLS Cup in 2019 right like mm-hmm. that was the whole point it was single elimination so that we would be done by November or whatever it is like do yeah, what it was like yeah. the it was November 9th I think was MLS Cup so that we'd be done by now. the international break and you didn't have a massive break in between like a conference quarter and a semi or a semi in the final that was the point and like mm-hmm. I I like personally I think we're both on the same page here where we do think that a home and away if you're going to do playoffs a home and away aggregate score or even if you don't do aggregate that's fine I, i'm Please for aggregate, aggregate but I, I love aggregate if you don't want to yeah, do aggregate because I, I i get the point of not doing aggregate right like i i get people who do do, do not agree with aggregate and i get it but or at least away away goals really it's away goals is, is really what we're talking goals. about they're, here. They're, they're wrong but i i yeah. can see why they don't but i see why but like to or if you're going to do single elimination fine do single elimination. last year's playoffs kind of fun right like it was single yeah. elimination and yes okay that means your top teams could have a bad day and get knocked out right like that could yeah. happen but if you're going to run a playoffs you have to accept the reality that that could happen so to have this now where essentially you're baseball and you're playing like a three you're playing a, a wild card round to get yeah. into a three game series and then play a four yeah. game series or a five game series to then play a home and away and then play a final like what like what yeah. what is that like that yeah. that isn't like you said it's not soccer it's not soccer it's not at that soccer. point and look a lot of players a lot of managers have come out and in their roundabout way without you know saying something to not get fined have yeah. kind of come out and said like this is nonsense and it's i will nonsense. not be surprised by the time we get done mls cup that the competition committee has come around again and said we're going back to home in a way like yeah. I won't be surprised if they yeah. change it next year and it's well, back I, to home I and away. Well, I will because I because I don't think they get to make that decision. I think they're beholden to Apple and it's a long deal. So but I think they, Apple. But look, look if Apple look at these ratings mm-hmm. right now and from what I've seen online, the ratings are not good um, for yeah. for the, the for the start of these playoffs. And you're if right, they can go right. back and and say, look, home and away makes sense. You know when the games are. You know you, you can sort of explain aggregate. It's not that hard to explain. People yeah. got it. And again, look, everybody uses the 2016 East final right as because the shining light of why home and way rules. Right, right. It works. Every goal mattered. It every ruled. literally Absolutely every goal ruled. mattered. Right. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective. You know, I think I could see them going back to the at worst. I think they just go back to single knockouts again and just they kind of deal with it. No, um, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be it'll be measured out because Apple will concede. Yeah, this this idea was stupid, but we still want maximum amount of games. So we'll probably slowly peel it back before we get to that that single elimination thing. We haven't even broached the issue of fixture congestion and the potential for player injuries yeah, and all of that other fun well, that's stuff. A, that's a whole you know, other no one ever there. talks about it, right? Like, yeah. you know, even we're not talking about it. And I think that's the most important aspect of all this is that you want a quality product. Forget about quantity. We want quality. And I think that's where the disconnect is here, right? We're going so far in the direction of quantity that we've forgotten. We've, we've abandoned quality completely. And, yeah. and we're going to, and we're going to pay for it. We're going to yeah. pay for it. And, and just to say, like, if people are saying, ah, oh, you're complaining is TFC or not in the playoffs. Well, look, if TFC were in the playoffs, 
you also have to contend with the fact that the Argos are also in the playoffs. And now you have this idea of when do you get the field? What is what is yep. the condition of the pitch? Um, because yep. the Argos are in the East final, right? So like in the CFL. So like how, like that would impact Toronto FC in a in a roundabout it, it, way. It impacts a lot of the teams that are still in the playoffs where exactly. they're not the sole uh, tenant of their stadium. So yeah, un- unbelievable nonsense. And and I I couldn't believe it. I knew that it was janky. But I didn't know it was this janky. And when I sat down to actually do the research uh, to, to preface this, I was like, holy crap, this is stupid. It I can't really believe dumb. how stupid this is. And is I finally really got why there was such uh, a noise all over the socials about how insanely stupid it was. You know, yeah. we were dealing with our own insane stupidity, but but this is really, really dumb. It's yeah. really, really dumb. And it's what happens when you have business people uh, deciding uh, on things that they have no business deciding on. It reeks of 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 overreach on apple tv's part and i don't think anybody can say otherwise and uh, i hope cleaner heads prevail because this is this is insane and and i do think that the, the quality of of the of the playoffs is is suffered already yeah fair enough um let's go into a quick uh, couple of odds and ends i know mm-hmm. look if, if i'm going to talk a little bit about cpl finals so if you don't like it you can tune out i completely understand yeah uh, but I, I, but I will the, the vitriol we were getting. I know, now. I know. But I will actually bring this around to TFC actually, because the the reason I do want to talk about it is actually it does come around to TFC a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. really quickly, Forge FC have won uh, the Canadian Premier League title for the fourth time out of five years. They won two one um, af- after uh, extra time, uh, ninety minutes that were meh, and then thirty minutes that were like holy crap, this is a completely different mm-hmm. game. Um, you know you I love that 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 first ninety minutes. I loved regulation. You loved the first ninety minutes. I was in the stands. Uh, whew, that ninety minutes was yeah yeah. I two teams that did I not want to lose. Yeah, so I, I they... actually saw it as a really 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 nice chess match of two te- two really well dre- drilled teams that knew their opponent inside and out and because they played each other like negated. eight times this year. Yeah, and just completely <laughs> negated what what the other teams were doing. It was it was an absolute stalemate and and. I mean, I know, listen, E.T. was unbelievable. It was, unbelievable. It, was it was, it was, um, go back. You can see the highlights. Um, the cup was won on an Olympico, um, which, uh, I, find me another cup final where a guy wins it on an Olympico. Um, but I wanted to talk about the CPL finals really quickly in relation to TFC. Obviously a lot of, you know, I live in Hamilton. I, I used to work for Forge, um, I was in the stands. I talked to a lot of people, a lot of people who who listen to this podcast and watch this podcast. And it was interesting the comments I got from a, you know, what am I going to do now as a fan? Um, look, the final was great. It was, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. sold out. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, you can't visually see me, but I air quoted. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that there are people that are starting to think about whether or not they're going to kind of pick one over the other. Right. Like, I'm like, me, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, well, yeah. I look, I'm like, obviously, I'm always going to go to TFC. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, unless I have to work, um, yeah. you know, I'm going to go. But there are people that are just kind of like, ah, I don't want to deal with their TFC's bullshit anymore. Right. And they, look, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it. Right. Like, it, you know, there's there are a lot of things that have been happening with ticket pricing. I know it's frozen this year, um, but a lot of people got a 25% or some people up to a 25% hike last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it pissed a lot of people off. 
And there is this sort of like, look, I can still watch football. Yes, the quality is not going to be the same. You're not going to have a, an Insigne or, you know, a Javinko or, a, you know, an outdoor I on mean, the pitch in a CPL game. I mean, if I'm no Insigne, I, I'll, I'll only watch CPL. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I mean, you know, from that perspective. But I think there are more people starting to have that that question about whether or not it's tfc it's is worth one it team, for them anymore one team's a dynasty one team's in the in the crapper right it i mean the, these are the kind of conversations um yes and no yes and no yeah. a, a lot of it wasn't a, uh, yes some of it was around obviously performance but i think a lot of it had mm-hmm. more to do with how they felt they were treated by the club than it had and to do with fair. tfc being good or bad right like in the end of the yeah. day you know, I, I think a lot of fans realize like winning is cyclical. You'll you'll be on the top, and then you're going to be at the bottom at some point. But I sure. think there was a lot of just this conversation around like, look, I got something really great in my town. I'm going to support this instead, uh, instead of you know make the commute to to Toronto. And and yeah, you know yeah. uh, from that perspective, I get it. Um, and I just do think that TFC need to be a little bit mindful of that. Look, you're you're not going to lose market share to Forge FC yeah. or York United or anything like that. They're, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you just think about how you're treating longtime fans who do not, travel in yeah. from long distances um, because there is choice, right? And, and it's not mm-hmm. going to, again, like I said, from a quality the, perspective, you're not the only not the lobster in the tank anymore. You're 100% yeah. right. Exactly. There are options now. Yeah. Exactly. And and, and that's um, really all I wanted to say about the CPL finals, other than go watch the Olympic goal. It was really fun. It was fantastic. And some of those camera angles are are just they were really good. art. They Absolute really good. art. I mean I mean I cannot believe did you see the video from, from inside the uh the bellows uh where they I did. The, yeah, I did. The Tristan the, the Borges Tristan Borges. That I can't it was very well here. timed. Very yeah, well and timed. It was so perfectly timed. I mean, you can't write that sort of thing. It was a terrific game. Uh, you know, just just to tie a bow on this, I don't think you have to choose uh, between them. I love going to see Forge games. I am addicted to, to 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 football. I love the fact that I can pick and choose, and and you know, uh, supporting Forge is is fun. And Barton Street Battalion are a wonderful group of people. It's such a vibe. Uh, you know, five dollar beers before kickoff. Hamilton's on its ascendancy. There's lots of cool breweries and record stores and neat little curio shops to go into. And of course they have Arby's and the GTA doesn't. So you got me, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think you have to choose. It was a great game. Uh, You should watch the highlights. It was unbelievable Olympico. And anybody that says that Berners was better is lying because they're wrong. (laughs) They're absolutely wrong. Man, I don't know. I think Burton is really good. Uh, that said, also oh, yeah. the last thing I'll also say on this is North Star uh, Cup better than MLS Cup. Like in terms of a look, way better. Really? Yeah, really? I like the North Star Cup a lot better. I just, I just like the look I gotta, of it better. I, I, I don't think the I'm ha- off. I Have don't you tried to pick up the, the MLS Cup? MLS Cup to pick up is weird oh, because yeah, the I, handles I pick up are the like... the MLS Cup every day. Every yeah, day when I wake they're... up, I like to go over to my MLS <laughs> Cup and pick it up and do my weight training with it. Yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, it's MLS so Cup, the up. Philip Andrews Trophy, which is the MLS Cup, is really weird because the handles are like not side by side. They're like kind of like this. Like it, mm-hmm. they're kind of like like one hand is in front cool of the other as you lift looks, it. It looks weird. like you're you're priming for a punch. Well, like it does look. Well, that's what you do yeah, when yeah. you have to pick that mm-hmm. stupid cup up. It's like it's weird. The the handles yeah. are not. It's yeah. Anyway, um, well, it's enough not a plate about anymore, cup design. So obviously, obviously, it wins. Right? No more microwave plate. Yeah, 
yeah, it was in danger of being dropped immediately by anybody holding it. So I'm very glad that they got something. With, yeah, microwave you know, plate with, with, done. Mm-hmm. You, every time you picked it up, you feel like you needed to get a bottle of Windex. Um, all right, you wanted to touch a bit on the I passing do, do. of uh, somebody that's really important to the club. Yeah, yeah. Rest rest in peace to Ryan Smolkin, uh, founder of Smokes Patinery, who also designed the crest that's behind me. Um, 50s far too young yeah i mean shout to mikey he's wearing like the the t-shirt with the biggest tfc crest ever in the history of the club it's gigantic (laughs) it's like flavor flaves uh old school uh, it's an old school hoodie man old school yeah yeah 100 um just just you know uh, my deepest condolences to his family 50 is is pretty young uh uh you know he he was loved in the toronto graphic design community uh he was loved in the in the toronto food community i mean smokes poutineery is kind of legendary around these parts i remember when you when you could choose between smokes and mr pong you know the giant egg rolls that used to exist that were unbelievable after after a club night i often went in the direction of poutine uh and uh yeah that it's a hell of a crest and uh he'll be remembered forever so uh just just sending out you know sending out my uh my condolences because it's uh it was a crappy thing to read today yeah, absolutely. Uh, condolences to his family. And look, it's uh, it, there's a reason this crest has kind of stood around while other teams have gone and rebranded. I know there was like a hint of a rumor a couple years ago that Never. the club might think about rebranding till I think it's what perfect. the current academy crest is right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely uh, this crest is the um, is the way to go. I would not yeah. change it at all. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like Absolutely. don't you change the crest, your your morons. Look at this thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it such it stunning is. graphic design. Yeah. It is. Um, all right. You wanna jump into the burning crest before we run out uh for the show? We end the show. Yeah, give me a second, because as always, I don't know where the hell it is. All right. Three, two, and one. The Burning Question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people, local businesses in your neighborhood. Download Nextdoor and find all those TFC fans in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community. We've been posting, interacting, things like that. We'll continue to do that uh, during the offseason so you can download the app on on nextdoor.ca or at the app store. Uh, The question we asked this week was just now that the 2023 season is behind us, is there anything that gets you hopeful or excited about the 2024 season? We all, the three of us briefly touched on that last week on the show, but we want to get sort of what you guys were thinking. Uh, So a couple of responses here. Uh, Graham Barwell uh, just says, um, even if we double our point total uh, and we still don't make the playoffs uh, and in a league where it's not easy to do that with the cap. How about we win half our home games, um, you know, and yeah, exactly. He misses hearing uh, Depeche Mode uh, for the last three Mm -hmm. quarters of the season. Uh, Fair enough. Um, And then make, please club, make a decision on the Italians by end of November. Um, That might be tight, Graham. I don't know if they can. It might uh, be tight, Graham. Yeah. 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 To pull a decision on that because that's going to, maybe just touch on that really quickly um, because I feel like obviously that's the big question from a player roster position Mm -hmm. you know what do you do with the dps i still think one of them stays i actually think one of them is going to stick around i don't know which one of them stay Uh, i'm being honest i don't think they're going anywhere yeah i I could see a scenario where that because it it could be really hard to get rid of them 
Um, it, you know, again, do you just let them go on loan? Is does, does that even make any sense? Like from a from a club perspective, I I, don't know. I, I mean, I I think the sooner that they're vapor, uh, we can start to heal. No, I think a lot of people think that. But I also think that we are we are being held hostage by by our by our overspend on those two, and it's going to be next to impossible to extricate ourselves. Um, I don't know. I I knee jerk. I don't know. I mean, end of November. Where does that? Where is that land in the calendar of you know Syria recruitment? Because that's obviously where they'd like to go back to. So I would I would measure that against. Uh, uh, where the Syria teams are at. In I don't know about that. In terms of their, that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Or Saudi Arabia or, or you know, the, the Chinese Super League, although they're not really spending the money anymore. No, they're not. So, they're so Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I agree in theory. I, I mean, I, I'm on record. No, this is, that's the first domino that has to fall. So, yeah. For sure. Uh, I, I, I just, I think you might be able to move or loan one of them. I don't know both. Um, you know, so the, yeah. John Herman's got a, a big job in Look, terms of getting we, these guys on board. We're, if we're willing to loan them with no fees to Juve, you know, or Sampdoria or, or any of the innumerable Serie A clubs that are going to do us a favor by taking them off our hands while we still pay their salaries and they occupy a DP spot, we could loan them yesterday. The fact of, you know, we're circling this sunk cost fallacy thing. And, and I've said, I've said way too much about that. Everybody, everybody knows where I stand on this. Issue, yeah, so. fair, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Sandra come, writes in and just says, maybe we'll get a red jersey. Um, it must be time for the white and gray one to be retired. It is actually, it's now done. Uh, we will mm-hmm. get a new away kit next season. Uh, I know it's an alternative, um, but if the primary one seems to be the pink energy kit, Let's get our red alternate. Um, I think that it, it, I don't think it is. I actually think the red gray onyx. It, well, it looks like away kit. It is the home kit. That is yeah, the no, home no, no, kit. no. I'm saying we're getting a new away kit. So we are getting that's a new our home kit. kit. I, I, you know, I love Sandra. I really do. She's one of my favorites. I don't understand this hate to the kit. I love the kit. Obviously, um, I'm biased because I'm very good friends with the with the gentleman that designed it. Um, that being said, you know, it's the inverse of the 2017 kit. It's, it's smart AF. And I think it's a really sharp kit. Um, you know, far be it for me to, to be, you know, whoa, I've never run a counter to the, to the prevailing wisdom of TFC land before. This is an entirely new experience for me, but I just, I think it's a lot, it's a lot of, 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 of nothing. It's a nothing burger. Who cares? You know, just as long as <laughs> saying that, please, let's not do a half and half. Uh, uh, Harlequin kit again because I really despise that kit and even at 75% off it wasn't cheap enough um, yeah 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 no uh, nothing for me other than um, Vibes FC kit all the way let's go for it mm-hmm. um, uh, Jorginho on Twitter just writes in says uh, Rubio is a very astute hire and the Rubio Hernandez Herdman access is a lot more modern in terms of how MLS teams are meant to operate yep. as opposed to just Bob uh, expecting mostly fairly astute moves this offseason yeah that that's that's sort of my feeling as well um, we'll too. see how they work together I kind of just my TFC PT 
PTSD um, sort of gets up when I see three guys that may have three different ways of looking at things, uh, mm. you know, trying to make decisions. It brings me back to 2012, and that was like a terrible. Yeah. But I, again, club ran very differently at the time. You have three very smart gentlemen in the room um, trying to rebuild the club. We'll see um, how they how they go. Obviously, again, we just spend a little um, a few minutes talking about the DPS, but. I think the bigger build is going to be the core, like finding players mm-hmm. that can now fit into 100%. a new core of this team. That is going to be the key to turning this team around because you can buy all yeah. the DPs you want, but if the players around them can't mesh together, then how are those yeah. DPs going to work? Right. And, and, and that's the big thing. And I, and I do think there's a lot of truth in this. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the kind of shenanigans that I expect. I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting moves that may be puzzling at the outset but but will make sense within the wider mosaic i do think that they're working from a from a plan uh and i think that plan is 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 fed by ambition you know the same ambition that's worked really well for us vanny wanting to prove himself bez wanting to show how well he understands the inner trappings of the uh, mls roster rules once given the opportunity to really flex some kind of some kind of muscle i think we've created a group that reminds me very much of of those guys you know again i thought the same thing about ali curtis i thought we were getting bez bez times five you know i i thought we were upgrading bez with ali curtis i i thought we were you know going from the student to the master basically going from you know uh uh uh, uh you know uh, obi-wan to yoda and and i was i couldn't have been more wrong i think that the pandemic played a little bit into into ali curtis's legacy uh, uh, at TFC, but you know, I, 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 I'll hold my hand up on that one, but I do, I do. Hey, let's hope, let's hope they're right because it would certainly be better than the sort of smash grab transfer market nonsense that we've been, we've had to endure over the last little while. So absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, more than just who, you know, in your phone book, right. Um, mm-hmm. or in your, in your contacts on your phone, um, in terms yep. of bringing players in. So that will be interesting to see. All right, Jeffy, let's wrap this thing up. Um, yeah. thank you for tuning in to another. To go low and then, and then yeah, we do a, we an hour high, and a half, which is not high. possible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. Uh, thank you for tuning into another Toronto Till I Die. Uh, the T the TTID community again. You guys are awesome. Even when we say we're talking about CPL and you slam us, we still love it. Oh, um, oh the hate! <laughs> Absolute unmitigated hate was so five surprising. minutes. Like, five minutes, yeah. guys. It was five minutes. Uh, tell yeah. uh, you know, tell them how much you like our show or not uh, by leaving a review or a thumbs up um, wherever you're listening or watching this. So obviously YouTube thumbs up, subscribe. Uh, if you're on Apple, leave us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us those sweet five stars. We really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. It helps people I read find them the when show I'm a feeling bit more. Sad. I just go to our podcast page and read all the wonderful stuff that they write about TTID mm. when I'm feeling sad. So, you know, I challenge somebody because the last one up there is from like May, the last time I challenged somebody. So somebody write 20 words about how great everyone else is because i know you're just going to take the opportunity to, to drag me to film <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah. man okay uh, i'm all right queuing up the the yeah, yeah all right cool so uh with that said then for jeffrey p nesker i'm mike newell we will see you next time all right cheers everybody all right cheers and wait and wait and baby i'm tfc till i die